So originally I had planned on uh, doing like the post-surgery kind of recap with Nicole on Saturday. But like just the craziest thing happened to me. Um, like I don't even know how to say this really. I'm kind of like it's so crazy that like I'm thinking about it and I'm like did this actually happen? And yeah, it did happen because... I checked the garbage and it definitely happened. For the first time in my life, I pooped I pooped my pants. Like I remember telling Danny yesterday when he stopped by and he just he just busted out laughing and then he apologized and I'm like, no, it's it's preposterous. Like this is the first time as an adult asterisk, as an adult where I've shit myself. Like and I I did it twice. Like that's been the craziest part about this surgery recovery is that everything else has been going super smooth except for the recovery process, which has been super shitty. Um, but yeah, let's let's rewind a little bit and um, let's go back because uh, I remember on Wednesday night I posted the first podcast. And I was just so scared. There's so much anxiety and so much like fear. Uh because the first time I had the vitrectomy on my right eye, the anesthesia or whatever, the numbing medication didn't really work. And I could feel like everything they're doing. And I woke up in the middle of the surgery, like right when the surgery began. I could just feel like the vacuum sucking up the blood and then like the lasers burning my blood vessels in my eye. I could like hear like the cracking and like. I could feel it. It felt like a lobotomy. I don't know. I've never had a lobotomy, but it just felt like someone was shooting lasers through my skull. And um, it was like the most pain I felt. Like I felt, I thought I had like a high pain tolerance until I went through that. I kicked off my shoes, ripped out my IV. Uh, they injected me with like a bunch of painkillers that didn't work or whatever. So yeah, fast forward this time. You know, they they make you get to the surgery center about an hour, two hours before your surgery actually starts. And you're just sitting there in this room with a bunch of old people and they're all like naming off their medications, listing their allergies. And man, I swear for like this lady next to me this time, it was just like one lady, then it was me. But before it was filled, like it was like six old people in there and then me just waiting. And just hearing them talk about their medications, like... Yeah, I got to take this for my this. Got to take this for my ear pressure. I got to take this for my liver. I got to take this for like my uh, where there's original addiction. I got to take this because I can't stop sniffing the lamppost. It was just crazy. It was like I didn't realize that like, man, if like I have to take two pills daily for my diabetes and blood pressure. And like those guys have to take like. 80 pills and they're all ancient so they're probably forgetting all the time so i just wonder like is it just a crapshoot when you're like medicating old people just give them like whatever you can and see how long they survive that's what it felt like man they're just reading off so many medications and in my mind i'm like there's got to be side effects they gotta like like at that point is it worth it i don't know i was like for me that's the biggest eye-opening <laughs> get it eye-opening right Bree? i'm so funny 
uh, the eye-opening moment for me is like being in that surgery center waiting room and just being like, I need to get my shit together. But most of these people are like in the 80s, so like I got I got a bit of time to get my shit together, you know. So yeah, it's like there's a sense of urgency for me to like focus on my health, but you know, just me being me, I'm just like I got some time. It's whatever. But yeah, just like. Like, for real, though, at the surgery center, I'm not going to say his name because, like, that'd be kind of rude. But literally, the nurse, he's a dude. Same nurse, same dude, both times. He cannot find a vein, man. Like, I got, the first time I had to get, like, two IVs done, redone, whatever. This time, I'm sitting there, I'm in this, like, the surgery waiting room, and I'm just, like, a wreck. I'm just a mess because I'm like, all right. Do I tell them that the anesthesia didn't work last time? They have to know. But what if they give me too much and I just die? And I'm like, wait, that's administered through, like, the IV anyways. Da-da-da-da-da. So I see, like, I get the same nurse. He calls me into, like, the pre, from, like, the general waiting room to, like, the pre-waiting room before the surgery room where, like, you know, it's just a bunch of people naming off their medications and stuff. And I see the same nurse and I'm just like, God damn it, fuck, shit, this motherfucker, god damn it, I was just so mad, and guess what, he fucks up a bunch of times, I have like, I left that place with like six band-aids on my arm, cause, and he has like the audacity to joke about it too, he's like, ha, 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 it's cause you're so young, your skin's so tough, anyone tell you got tough skin, and I'm like, anyone tell you you suck at sticking needles, but anyways, Got the IV. I'm just sitting there. And then, like, I have, like, two anesthetists come talk to me about stuff. And one says, yeah, we ain't going to do nothing different. We're just going to see if it it works. And I'm like, what? what? And then the second guy is like, yeah, I want to make sure we get you so you don't feel a thing. And I'm just like, okay, whatever. But, um, yeah, so, like, sitting there waiting for an hour. And then the they start wheeling me in, and uh, they just, they uh, they give me, like, a different set of drugs this time, I guess, and they're trying to talk me through it. They talk through the first one. I'm out cold, and I just remember waking up near the end of the surgery. I'm just like, Doc, I don't feel a thing, and he's like, good, awesome, we're almost done. So we get out of the surgery, and I'm just like, I didn't feel a thing. It was amazing. And I guess the doc told Nicole that before, like, I came to, came to. I was just telling jokes. Having a good old time in there, I guess. <clears throat> Talking about a yellow house. Which is crazy, because uh, I keep having this recurring dream about a yellow house. It's, like, in a field. And just a lot of, like, flowers in the front yard. And then in the back, it's, like, this, like, picturesque mountain. Mountainscape, I guess. Like, snow white like uh peaks and stuff it looks something like i don't know european probably some sort of image i've had stuck in my head for a while or tied to something more dramatic i don't know something about it but i just keep remembering this yellow house and i guess apparently during surgery that's what i was talking about just one of those weird reoccurring images in my brain i don't know if anyone else has those kind of reoccurring images but <clears throat> yeah so we get home and like holy cow this whole 
Like the whole surgery itself was so smooth. And then, um, you know, first night, I don't know if I was reacting to like the anesthesia they gave me, but oh yeah, I, I overheard they gave me like fentanyl this time too. So I was like, damn, I'm going to be like, Addicted to heroin now, I guess. Fuck, I'm gonna be like, just in alleyways, just trying to do sketchy stuff for some heroin. A heroin, you know? The devil's sugar. Need some of that. That's how I felt like, I mean, I didn't feel like that, but like when they told me they gave me fentanyl, I was like, damn, what if I'm one of those people who's like, yeah, he just had a surgery, got him some fentanyl, and then afterwards he became addicted to heroin. And next thing you know, it's a heroin addict. <clears throat> but yeah, no, that shit made me so sick. Like that first night, I woke up and I was like, just, I threw up explosively all over the bedroom. Poor Nicole. Poor, poor Nicole. I feel so bad for her, man. She's just like cleaning up, throw up, cleaning up doo-doo. Like I'm sitting here like leaking doo-doo out of my butt. So like the next day, Doc looks at my eye and like the only thing I'm worried about at this point is like I know what the recovery process is like. I know it takes a month and I know like all the different stages, like all the things that I see out of my eye, you know, like first couple of weeks, it's going to be just completely blind. And then you'll see a bubble and then in the bubble, the perimeter, the bubble will start getting like smaller and smaller and the perimeter will turn red and that's blood. And then that dissipates and then the bubble disappears and then it takes like a week to clear up so like in my mind i know like i know what the recovery process is like and i'm already accounting for um last time within the, like the first four days first three days we had to rush back to the ophthalmologist because my my eyeball pressure was so high that like one night it felt like I was just, uh, my brain was exploding out of my head. So, uh, yeah, so last time, like right away, there's complications with recovery. I couldn't sleep. And like this time I, I wasn't able to sleep the first night very well. But last time I wasn't able to sleep for the whole first week. And I just wake up covered in sweat every night, having nightmares. Uh, this time, though. You know, we get there on Friday for, like, the 24-hour checkup. They take off the metal eye mask and stuff. And my my pressure is low. It's normal. Um, The doc was like, yo, son, uh, your left eye wasn't as messed up as your right one. We didn't have to peel back as many layers. We didn't have to drain as much fluid. We didn't have to laser as many blood vessels. And I was like, man, this is this is just all good news to me because... Uh, He's like, yeah, this should make your recovery process, like, way faster. And, like, honestly, it's Monday. I had surgery on Thursday. I feel a thousand times better than at this point, uh, like, last time. I feel like I'm, like, a week or two ahead of where I should be. Um, I started seeing, like, light shapes the second day through my eyes. And now, like, I can see the bubble shrinking, the, the red parameters there. So it's, like, honestly, I feel like way ahead of schedule which is like a great feeling i'm able to sleep this time i'm not as sweaty i'm not like waking up covered in sweat so yeah that's been good except for boom day two i just i woke up in the middle of the night like four in the morning 
And I'm just like, why is my butt so sweaty? So I stand up and then I feel all this movement and moisture. And then I, I just realize in that moment, I shit myself. Like for the first time as like an adult, I shit my pants. And man, it's just like you go through like the six stages of shitting your pants so fast in that moment. One is like denial, you know, stage two is definitely still denial. It's like a more extreme denial. And three is like, this can't be fucking happening. It's even more denial. It's like stages of grieving, but it's just denial. And then whatever, whatever. And then last stage is like, uh, I'm, I'm cleaning doo-doo out of my butt in the shower. Like, I hate poop. There's nothing I hate more than poop. I hate poop as much as that girl on Reddit who uses her boy's friend's sock to wipe her butt and then throws away his socks. Like, I'm I'm probably 1% less hate than that of poop. Like, I can still handle toilet paper. I can still poop. But, man, like, that's the one thing about, like, traveling that, like, I... That secretly gets me so anxious sometimes, gets me so concerned. I'm like, what if I got to poop somewhere? What if there's no good toilet paper? What if I got to do the fucking bucket with the water wishy-washy thing on my butt? And like, you know what I mean? It feels like, it feels like, I don't know, take some chocolate pudding, um, probably some chia seeds, mix that up with a little bit of like crushed pecans and like spoon out half a watermelon. Like, not even half a water. Spoon out, like, a spoon's width of a half of a watermelon and fill that shit with the pudding nut cheese seed mixture. And then try to clean that shit out with just your hand. Like, that's what it feels like. Um, and I just hate poop. So I woke up and I shit myself. Like, I literally had no time to think I'd shit myself. And, yeah, it was just bad. And then fast forward later on Saturday... I'm like, all right, Nicole, we got to do this podcast. Let's just, let's just do it. Let's talk about shitting ourselves. Or I guess I'm the one that shit myself. And like, thanks. And I, 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 if I was Nicole and Nicole's me and she would have shit herself, I, I don't know. I don't know how she's still with me, but, um, yeah, no, I just, we're just sitting there. It's like noon. I'm still like processing like the sh- the fact that I shit myself and I'm just like okay let's let's do another one let's do this let's do the follow up podcast it'll be fine only way to get over this is just talk about it uh, that's the only way to get over anything how to you know address your tackle your tackle your shit head on is what I always say so uh no, I just I stand up. I'm like, all right, let's go do this podcast. And like, I, I do that weird like bend over stand up thing. They like, you know, you bend over, you put your hands down, up, push yourself up. I just, I, it's like, oh, I got a fart. Boom, right there. Gambled, lost. Same, same denial feeling. I shit myself in the middle of the day. Wasn't even in bed, sharding around. Like, you know what I mean? Like I. I was, this one's all on me. Like, I pushed, I made the a decision, you know, the, the ones and zeros in my processor, they lined up to say, yeah, trust this fart. 
just do it. And man, like, there's something that hurts and cuts so deep uh, every time. Every time when you trust your heart fully, believe that the decision you're making is the most thought out, uh, best decision moving forward for the situation. You know, you're just full of, I don't know, disillusion. I guess, looking at it retrospectively, but in the moment, it's confidence. It's pure confidence. You're like, I can push out this fart. I might push out a little harder, get a higher note, you know, get a better crescendo on uh, the delivery and with some nice, uh, you know, reverb, you know. Sh you know, maybe grab that left butt cheek a little bit when you're super confident and wiggle it. Uh, while you're farting, so it does the Post Malone thing, you know, the, uh, yeah, but with a fart, you know, uh, that kind of confidence, that's what I had Saturday, because that's the only, you only have that kind of confidence when you fuck up, uh, like the same day, because, you know, in your mind, you're like, there's no way I'm shitting myself twice, not, like, I've gone, let's see, I'm 29, been an adult for 11 years. We'll count it 18. Been an adult for 18 years. And I haven't shit. And for real. I probably haven't shit myself for maybe 19 years. Let's be real. But I've been an adult. For 11 years. And. You know. You're like. Yeah I'll shit myself once. No way it would happen like twice in the same day. But yeah no it happened. I just shit myself so. I'm gonna blame the fentanyl. I don't know. It's just a hypotenuse. I think that's the word I'm trying to trying to I'm trying to say. It's a hypotenuse. You know what I mean? Hypotenuse sounds like uh, a hippo on a lot of drugs. It's a hypotenuse right there. That's hypotenuse, man. He's oh, he's smoking crack again. It's Mr. Hypotenuse. Anyways, it's my hypothesis. I think it's the fentanyl. Um, I don't know why. I just, <laughs> I just imagine people who smoke fentanyl shit themselves because they don't care. But yeah, man, that's like the first time I've been on hard drugs. And it's weird. It's weird because it's like I'm trying to I'm trying to even like think of the appeal of fentanyl or like the appeal of like super hardcore downers or like. Um, like just depressants or drugs that just fucking make you black out like heroin or whatever and I'm just like I don't remember any time during that like surgery or period where I was on uh, the f like the fentanyl and the other combo of like painkillers and numbing stuff they gave me where I was like oh man this feels good there was no moment so I was like I guess I feel kind of like relieved Cause I always thought, yo, keep crack away from me, keep heroin away from me, don't let me try that shit. Like, don't give me any lean, don't give me any drugs, cause I know myself. I'm just gonna love them and I'm just gonna become an addict. But no, I think, like, that's been kind of like the coolest part about this whole recovery period. It's like being forced uh, fentanyl upon myself, and like immediately shitting my pants. 
And you know what? Even if there's no correlation, I'm going to connect those two things. So next time, when my sketchy ass, like, I don't know, next time I hang out with Johnny, maybe one of his friends, I don't know, you like, you got to live on the edge like Johnny to make that kind of good art. You know, maybe, not saying Johnny does fentanyl. That's, that's not even close to true. I'm just saying maybe could be find myself in a situation where Johnny's like, oh, come kick it. And there may be someone in the room just like, yo, who wants this fentanyl, you know what I mean? But, yeah, I guess the whole experience of, like, shitting my pants, um, and it not feeling that good. Like, I didn't, it didn't feel good. I wasn't like, oh, man, I need some of this shit right away. I guess I don't like blacking out. Um, that was always my least favorite part about drinking when I used to drink, so I guess it makes sense. I don't get y'all hardcore drug users. I don't get it. Why are you paying so much money to do drugs if the only point is to black out? Like, there's way cheaper ways to just fall asleep, man. Like, fucking get yourself, uh, what's that? The the new streaming service by Discovery where it's all just nature shows? Get yourself that. What, what's that cost? Like, $7.99 a month? Like, how much is a crack rock? How much, you know, like, and at least with a like at least with a nature show, you're out in like thirty minutes, right? Crack rock, yeah, do like eight hours some crackhead shit before you you know pass out. Maybe crack's not the best drug to to uh, use as an example in the situation here, but like, yeah, no, it's. I guess the best thing about um, I'm gonna say the best thing about this whole surgery experience is that I realize I don't even really like. I don't think I like hard drugs. I don't I don't think they're for me, honestly. But yeah. So you know, besides shitting my pants, I've honestly felt and that was like two days ago. You know, Sunday passed, now it's Monday morning. I feel good. I feel so good. I feel so good. I have to remind myself that I can't lift more than ten pounds. I can't look at my phone. I can't, um, I can't raise my heart rate. So, man, like, which, which is crazy, which is, I don't know that. So like now at this point of recovery, I'm thinking, here's what's going through my mind. I'm just like, okay, last time I was just so like beat up. Uh, like my body was, it was way, the recovery was way harder on me. I was exhausted. It was just easier to like lay there dormant and just like, you know, pass in and out of consciousness and watch a bunch of Netflix shows and stuff, whatever. This time's going to be so hard because, like, I feel like I'm recovering so fast. I feel like my eye's healing so quick that, like, I want to do stuff. Like, I don't feel limited at all. Like, I woke up this morning and I wanted to cook breakfast. I wanted to walk the dogs. And it's not even been a full week. So, <clears throat> I guess, like, a gift in a curse this time it's like if the recovery does go faster i should be able to get back to what i want to do faster but like the inside part of me is gonna want to even get back to it even faster i guess like i don't know if that makes any sense but um like i honestly just want to get up and do stuff today i want to go i've been like thinking about riding my bike i've been have i had a nightmare last night where um I went back to Philly Flair and Laura was just like, yeah, you know, Sam, like, you know, 
I actually started taking the photos again. And we decided to move back to just like doing it this way. I had a nightmare where I lost my job. And I'm like, is that like the energy inside of me where I'm just like, oh my God, I want to get back to work. So now like my brain's tricking myself to like guilt myself for not work. It's so weird. Like, man, sometimes I wish I could have a conversation with my brain. I don't know what you're thinking, Sam. Have you tried DMT? No, I haven't tried DMT. That's just, that sounds like too much, you guys. I don't know if I can spend 40 lifetimes talking to a geometric shape. Um, you know, that's just, sounds like such a heavy, heavy investment. I don't know. Anyways. Yeah, so recovery's been going super good. Um. I guess I'll just wrap up this little update here with uh, I'm planning on having a conversation with Dan Thorson on Friday. I'm super excited about that because um, I don't know. Every time like I, I hang out with Dan, he's just like he's such a natural like teacher. He just wants to share like whatever he knows. And it's pretty cool because um, like a lot of photographers are really closed off and a lot of photographers like feel like they have to keep secrets or like you know they get paranoid and stuff but like dan i've seen dan work with so many people and like really bring people into like the wedding game so you know i'm gonna try to stay on focus with dan maybe a little bit and ask him about um kind of like how does it feel to kind of play a mentorship role for a lot of people but yeah, overall, Dan's a, I really like Dan. He's been someone who's been like uh, part of the scene and really supportive and uh, just like engaged and always like putting out good content. So I'm really excited to talk to Dan. And then um, another sneak break, peak, sneak break. Dan, I hate it when my Chingrish accent comes out like. If there's a chance that anyone's watching the listening to this and they don't know, now they know I'm Asian. So, yeah, no, uh, we're also going to do, I'm going to start a little series with Danny Record. He's been my light guy, my assistant, probably my best friend. I'd say, like, the most loyal friend, the most, like, dependable, all the positive things I can think of. Um, that's how I would describe Danny. He's steadfast. He's, uh, he always makes the right decision, even if it takes him a time to a little bit of time to be like, hmm. He always makes that noise too, hmm. Um, yeah. So I'm excited uh, to do a po- a shorter podcast with Danny. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna cover some of his uh, like written work. He's a writer, and not a lot of people know that because he sucks at. Uh, advertising or he sucks at like even like opening up to people about like his craft and what he does so I'm trying to be a good friend and we're gonna try I'm gonna try to get at least like three people to be interested in Danny's work because I think it's so unique it's hard it's like not like there's so many people who's like yeah my thing the thing I do is Instagram like that's my thing I post pictures I eat things uh I put workout shots and stuff, whatever. That's my thing. Like, that's their thing is, like, they are their own thing. Like, that's, 
that's what uh, a lot of people's thing is these days. But Danny's got like an old school thing. He writes. He writes stories. He just makes shit up completely. Like, I think it's amazing. Like, writing is one of those things where it's like, hey, dude, I'm just going to make up a bunch of shit. 800 pages of shit. None of it's true. People might love it. Like, it's it's so crazy. It's so cool. So, yeah. Um, I don't know anyone who reads. I don't fucking read. I don't know how to read. Um, but I think it'll be cool. Because there's got to be at least, like, two of you guys who listen to this who are like, oh, yeah, I know how to read. Fucking smart ass. Um, but, yeah, that might be a good podcast for you. And then, um, yeah, I've been trying to, like, formulate other show ideas. But... Um, there's one I want to do that's kind of like, I just, I just talk about the news, but I'm a, I'm a super hardcore, like, conservative, which, you know, like, I'm normally a middle, a middle-leaning guy, don't really like to, uh, participate in, um, just how combative and uh, ridiculous American politics is but I think it'd be funny that's an idea but I probably won't do it because that sounds like a lot of energy and that sounds like it can be easily misconstrued but yeah um, as far as release schedule goes I think tomorrow Tuesday Gavin episode drops uh, for conversations and then Saturday Josh Novak episode drops and I might move those forward depending on how froggy I'm feeling because I might actually try to get some more conversations in this week we'll see but anyways y'all if you've been listening to this I love you thank you so much um I don't know it's weird like I don't get any feedback on this and like I I'm not don't really expect to because honestly I don't think anyone listens to this Brie like, no one, like, definitely not this long. I don't think in my circle of friends, anybody is actually patient enough to listen to a podcast. But um, even if it's just the people I interview listen to their own conversation, like, I guess that's my only goal, Brie. So, yeah, guys, I guess I'm signing out. Um, just I appreciate all the support. Love y'all.